Today's episode of the show show is brought to you by at John Windows on Twitter. Oh, which, yes. Which is my dad. <laughs> the he, show's episode goes to call his dad. It's true. He correctly answered last week's inaugural trivia question, which was something to the effect of what Star Trek standout went on to star in Boston Legal. And my dad tweeted at Show Show Podcast the correct answer, which is... Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. William Shatner. William Shatner. He was the first person to get back to us. Yes, he was. So he wins this week's episode. He wins the show. Let's see who wins next week's episode. I guess we'll find out. You gotta listen to the end. <laughs> Maybe we should tweet out the question just to make it a little easier. Sure. Or is that, or is that spoon feeding it to people and they don't have to listen to the podcast? Because we got no response. Yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. Okay, so maybe we say, listen to the show. If if you can answer our Star Trek-related question or whatever, you know, drop a little bit of a, right. of a hint. So people a little are like, teaser. Oh, okay. It's a question about that. Okay, I'll go listen to it. All right, I'll send out a tweet of that ilk. I mean, maybe we can even tell them to listen to it's at the question comes at minute yeah. 45 or something. I could do that. You know, I've thought before about including in the description because I like write a little breakdown sure. in, the, in the bio for each episode of what we talk about. Mm-hmm. And I've thought before about being like at 47 minutes, we start talking about Will and Grace. And yeah. I was like, that's a little labor intensive. Oh, so labor intensive. Yeah. I'm not the Bill Simmons show. No, I see him do that sometimes and I appreciate it. Yeah. And sometimes I'll see something in there where I'll say, oh, I actually will listen to this episode. But I mean, we're not Bill Simmons. No, no, nobody's paying us. <laughs> But they, but they are supporting us. Thank you, at John Windows. John Windows is a great handle, too. Yeah, it is. He sells windows. I love that, yeah. That's, that's his life. I mean, that's a part of his life. I was going to say, like, don't... It's a, no, it's a, I'm not, don't I'm not paint being, him into that. I'm not reducing. It's a, it's a very uh, significant... Don't frame him but, that way. But it's, it's a... Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, don't fenestrate him. <laughs> How's your week? How you doing? Uh, it's good. Slower than last week. Big parade's done. It's out of the way. That's oh, good. Yeah. Pumped about that. I don't know if you saw the post that I made on Facebook that just said something like six years of parades. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, been, I uh, did not say high or low <laughs> of what I thought of going in parades every year. Look, but. you don't have to sell me on how parades are shitty. Mm. Parades are shitty. And like back when I used it's, to do... It's more just like being involved in the organizing part right. of it. And not. Right. I'm not even organizing the actual... I'm just organizing people being in it. And, you know, you have eight people and two cars and who's going to do this part. And then yeah. you have to hand off the keys. It's See, not... for you, the bigger the event, the more stressful it is. Mm-hmm. The Christmas parade, maybe the Pride parade, certainly the Stanley Cup parade, if you're involved in that in some kind of way. It's, it's right. very stressful for you. For me, my responsibility is walking in the parade. So the bigger the parade, the easier, the less right. on my plate. It runs itself. It yeah. enthuses itself if there are tens of thousands of people on the sidelines. But right. if it is some uh, Elmsdale Days, Canada Day parade, mm-hmm. which starts at the Irving and ends at the Esso, <laughs> and it's your job to energize that thing. All the while not losing it on the little kids who are like, give me a piece of candy. And they're <laughs> overweight, uh, slack-jawed grandparents who are also in lawn chairs along the sidelines going, I'm a kid too. Give me a piece of candy. That's really painful for me. I was so close to thinking that you were going to contain yourself a little bit on your feelings about parades. But no, you just went all in. No, I don't like parades. All in. Did I tell you about the, the guy that showed up at my house when, when kids were trick-or-treating? Well, it was Halloween. And he was the father of these two small children and he had like a jason mask on and a fake machete he looked really scary yeah he looked pretty scary and he was like kind of balding and said hey what about some for dad too and like had his own bag no and i was like okay yeah you look like you've got a weapon so here you go yeah that's and then i watched them cross the street they trick-or-treated somewhere else and I watched the mom who was following in the car actually park her car, get out of her car, grab a bag from her trunk, and go and trick-or-treat at the house that yeah. they had just trick-or-treated See, at. these are parents that are prize pigs raising more prize pigs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I the mean, I was just laughing. Ugh. I, yeah. I don't know if it's entitlement, if they don't understand that candy is like, you know, you it's pretty inexpensive like why like it's not the i think it's the rush of getting it for free here for 
It's the freeness. Ales. They talked about that when Gilbert Gottfried was on You Made It Weird the other week about how, like, he's a rich man. Yeah. But the free uh, little soaps you get in hotels mm-hmm. are a total rush because they're free. Right. Or, like, if he was going to get a movie contract and it's going to pay, it like, $10 million to be in this movie and also a cup of coffee every day. The cup of coffee right. is, like, really selling sure. it. Sure, yeah. Yeah, if someone told me working at this place would give you free lunch every day, it would be like, whoa, yeah, free lunch every day? There are perks to your job. Oh, of course, yeah. Big ones. Absolutely. I watched Night of Too Many Stars on HBO on Saturday night, Sunday night. You seem like you're going to be disappointed with this, the way your face is right now. Okay, this is like John Stewart, this mm-hmm. big uh, benefit for autism. It was held at like Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah, it's it's massive. It was a huge thing, and it's it's been a huge thing. I can't believe it hasn't been a bigger news story, I guess just because there's too much stuff to talk about enter- entertainment-wise. Mm-hmm. It was the greatest train wreck I've ever seen in the history of live broadcasting. Just the whole thing? It was a travesty. Really? It was like jaw-dropping. I watched it for two and a half hours. Really? It was so sensationally tragic. What is it? A series of like skits and stuff? Yeah. So it's just like all performances. I mean, just entertaining ways to link together these fairly sad and heavy packages about how these benefits have helped the lives of people who live with autism. Right. Um, And so they have comedians and they have musicians and I mean, mostly just comedians. It's, it's a very comedy heavy thing, which is cool. Uh Um, but it was just, I mean, Olivia Munn was kind of the secondary host. Like they would routinely throw to her right. and she would do these like little breakdowns of the different prizes you could bid on, okay. like be Conan's sidekick for a night. And she mm-hmm. would like have a minute to do uh, like a little detailed breakdown of what's happening. And if she didn't go backstage at the end of the night and punch the director square in the eyes, yeah, she has more self-control than most of us do because... I mean, she's stuck on live TV so many times without cue cards, without a script, really? without any confirmation of whether or not she's really on TV. Is she saying that? Is yeah, she, absolutely. Like you're, she's like, am I on right now? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, re- At really? one point, she just stops in the middle of her thing and she's like, we're, we're not on, are we? And she is on. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and she's like, at one point she says, uh, I forget what, what the setup is, but like, if you do this right now... HBO will give $100,000 for every person who does. <laughs> she's like, I don't think I can say that, but the night's almost over. Really? <laughs> she's wow. so had it up to here. At one point, she's in an elevator when she's not supposed to be. Another time, <laughs> she's reading notes off her phone because she's completely yeah. lost the auto cue. Oh, my God. There's this really, really tough to watch segment in the middle. So they've got this this woman, Carly is her name, and she lives with like a, a pretty severe... Uh, I don't know if you call it a case, but she's got autism. And okay. I, w- I wouldn't call her high functioning. Sure. Um, but her her thing, she's really enthusiastic about talk shows. She loves talk shows. And so they've set up this, uh, this segment where they put a desk on the stage, and she's going to interview Stephen Colbert, which seems like a nice idea, except what they don't realize is that she also suffers from OCD, and one of her tics is that she tears up little pieces of paper She's like really fixated on little pieces of paper. Okay. And just before her segment, they shot a confetti gun all over the stage and the stage is covered in little pieces of paper and she can't handle it. She like gets really, really upset and it's so hard to watch. They don't have commercials to throw to. So it's just Steven sitting there and he's like doing his best, but she's like hiding and it's, she's on the stage at the garden. Yeah. And then they have to throw to the roots to just like vamp some music. And then John has to come out and explain what happened. And he's embarrassed, but he's also like trying to make it funny. Right. Well, and, and that seems like such an easy avoidable thing. How did they not know that they can't shoot confetti around Carly? Like loud noises Mm. and, and, one of her main <laughs> issues is little pieces of paper oh yeah it's that's brutal. I, I gotta see this you gotta see no, it. just the whole thing i want there's it. another thing so where, where chris rock and john stewart are doing a segment and every every joke card is misaligned so every joke is paired with the wrong punchline no <laughs> it's insane it's just it, a travesty it seems like broadcast. they had like five hours to put this thing together it does seem that it way. seems like a survivor challenge where like, you need to make a variety show and... yeah it seems like like louis ck was the linchpin of success in this thing and as soon as they pulled the plug <laughs> on him it just all fell apart wow brutal uh jeffrey tambor 
Have you heard about this? Yeah, he's been called to resign. And he did. He did. So he's not on Transparent anymore. Well, you know what? I'm not totally clear on whether or not he resigned because at first the headlines were saying he resigned. Yeah. And then like 24 hours later, they're like, he hasn't technically resigned, but he can't foresee a case where he'd come back and they don't want him to come back. Wow. And like some people are saying they should recast because what is the show without this character, which I agree with. Mm -hmm. But Isn't it a show about such tolerance too? And he was being very like, well, not I guess intolerant, but abusive well definitely abusive you know what i've always kind of seen him as a bit of an asshole on these talk shows or whatever like and very um very righteous oh really yeah and like he's obviously like a great comedic performer and he's Mm -hmm. legendary in television for like a number of different reasons Bit of a chevy chase syndrome going on maybe it's a little bit like he's probably more talented than chevy chase like chevy chase just woke up one day and wasn't funny anymore Mm -hmm. he was once upon a time like uh jeffrey tambor has Arrested Development, mm-hmm. The Larry Sanders Show, and Transparent. Oh, I didn't know he was in The Larry Sanders yeah, Show. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he was a huge part of that show. Gotcha. So he's a legend of television and comedy performance. Right. Um, but I never was a super duper fan. Wow, man. It's a shame for that show, though. It is, and he was kind of having a moment where it seemed like, wow, Jeffrey Tambor, he, you know, he really trended up his entire mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. Here comes the fall from grace. Alternatively, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Now, Jeremy Piven, it's not any surprise that he's not a golden boy. No, he's always kind of been called an asshole. Like, Definitely always been called an asshole. And maybe always been called a perv. I don't really know. Maybe, yeah. and maybe. Well, maybe that's why he's been called an asshole. Well, probably. It's probably yeah. part of it. Uh, or just the fact that he's an egomaniac, and that sure. probably, you know, all roads lead back to egomania. Mm-hmm. Um, he agreed to submit to a polygraph test. Oh, wow. Took a lie detector test, and he passed. Saying so they asked never... him, are you guilty of this? Did you do this? Do you deny this? And he completely denies everything, and he passed, which could be one of three things. Mm-hmm. He could be innocent. Mm-hmm. Lie detector tests could make mistakes. Right. Or B, he's such a narcissist that he doesn't believe something he did could be wrong. Right. And it's probably a combination of a few of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like if I took a lie detector test, even if I didn't do the thing, it would say that I did the thing because I'd start convincing myself that maybe I did the thing. I, I know. I talked about that a lot when my friend Michael was in the police academy about how you'd second guess yourself. You'd be so paranoid of looking like a liar right. that at the very least, the test would show skepticism. Right. And he says that the test knows the difference. But like, if they ask me a question like, have you ever... Um, bought alcohol illegally like something like common but Mm -hmm. definitely illegal and i'd probably go uh well i don't think but maybe and then (laughs) put me down for a yes yeah suddenly the test is like like really like flashing hard jumping yeah so it'd be like the homer simpson thing like is your name homer simpson and the whole (laughs) machine just explodes is that what happens? Yeah. He, he doesn't know? Yeah. That is how they usually start the thing, to like gauge how you react yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. What's your name and mm-hmm. uh, where were you born? How old yeah. are you? That kind of thing. Start but like, if you were to ask me, how old How old am I? I'd be like 26. And then in my head, I'd start going, and how many months? Am I 27? And what time of day was it? And like, maybe I, I am, technically I'm in my 27th year. Like, right. it would just, it seems to me my pulse would start going crazy. <laughs> right. I know. Um... What uh, what else do we have on the entertainment? I, I want to get through all of like the sexual harassment allegation stuff as quickly as possible. Al Franken, Al Franken, uh, Char- Charlie Rose is the big one this week. Oh, didn't hear this one yet. Are you serious? No, Charlie Rose, his PBS show of forty years, yeah. was ended, and he was fired by CBS. Wow! All within twenty four hours. When did this start? Yesterday. Oh, okay. No, I just two like, days ago. I guess I just haven't really been. Uh, I haven't, I haven't been watching any live television. He lost everything all at once. It's crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Man. And he's like a legend, too. There's got to be someone who's going to, like, react really badly to all of this stuff. Like, it always just seems like everyone just goes off and is quiet. Well, like, Kevin Spacey reacted really badly. What did he do? He blamed it on being gay. Well, that's, that's true, yeah. But, I mean, like, I don't know. Do you think I'm going to kill himself? Uh talked about that with somebody at work actually yeah somebody who thinks like some of these people should be on suicide watch yeah it's honestly like i mean when the entire when your entire world gets flipped upside down and everyone's against you all at once it just i don't know it depends on how able you're gonna be to hide from it moving forward Mm. like in 10 years 
nobody, everybody's going to remember the name Harvey Weinstein, but he'll, he was never famous enough by the face to not right. be able to go out into public in 10 years. Because people will right. go, is that Harvey Weinstein? Right. And they're probably not going to say anything. Plus, he'll look 10 years older, and we won't have seen him for all that time. Right. He'll be able to reassimilate, which is interesting because he was kind of the, the catalyst, the first guy mm -hmm. to open up this these floodgates. Kevin Spacey will never be able to be in public again without being uh, pointed at. Right. Um, but some of these other guys, uh, Jeffrey Tambor, I mean, it all depends on what happens, yeah. how we how we change and evolve moving forward. But uh, yeah, you'd be surprised how quickly people can just move on, forgive and forget. I mean, we haven't forgiven or forgotten about Mel Gibson, but he was nominated for a couple Academy Awards last year. Right. And he's in the new Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. And the new... Uh, the new uh, Daddy's Home movie with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Oh, never mind. That's not an Adam Sandler movie. That's, That's what not. I was thinking. Yeah. Daddy's Home. What is Daddy's Home? I think it's called Daddy's Home. It is. The first one was just Will Ferrell and and uh, and Wahlberg, and they're just like, a, it's like a buddy movie. It's okay. exactly what you expect it to be. Like, one of them's a softie, and the other one's hardcore. Sure. Uh, and this one is, it's them plus their dads. Ah, so it's, uh, gotcha. Uh, what's his name from Third Rock from the Sun? And John Gibson. Lithgow. John Lithgow. Yeah. Wow. Mel Gibson. I kind of want to see the first one. I'm sure it's awful, but I don't know. You know what's surprisingly good? What? Get Hard with yeah. Kevin Hart. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I've seen that twice. It's not bad. Yeah. Will Ferrell's Gator. Yeah, Gator. Don't mess with Gator. <laughs> That's a good movie. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Not too bad. Uh, yeah. So, uh, can you take a guess as to who CBS? would most like to replace Charlie Rose with at CBS this morning. So in their wildest dreams, this is who they really want. And apparently they're making a play. Okay. Uh, who would be... Anderson Cooper. Who would be even better than Anderson Cooper for ratings on a show where people chat, chit-chat? Even better than Anderson Cooper? Would be, would be unquestionably better for ratings than Anderson Cooper. Um... Well, I mean, that's going down a crazy road because you could just put, like, Bill Cosby on there. <laughs> well, it would be good for ratings, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. Oprah Winfrey is who they're chasing. Oh, wow. Put on a morning show. Yeah. Because didn't they try to do the same thing with, like, Katie Couric at one point? But really... Where is like, Katie Couric now? I don't know. She's... I get her a little confused with Meredith Vieira, which isn't fair because they're not the same at all. And well, Katie she... Couric is more storied. Well, it was Katie Couric and Matt Lauer forever on, on the, the Today, Today Show. Show. Yeah, and that, and then she went and I think was on sixty Minutes. And well, her husband died. Yeah, and, and now she has like a podcast or something. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm so. not even really sure. But Lauer's still at Today. Yep. I think. Yeah, he is. But Good I feel thing. like he lost some popularity when. I don't know. These morning shows are also schlocky on TV. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's weird. it's schlocky, but it's not as bad as like Hoda Kotb in... Uh, oh my God, Kathy Lee. Kathy Lee. Brutal. That is awful. Yeah, or even Gail King. Like Gail I mean, King has her own yeah, thing? Yeah, she's, no, she's like a reporter on CBS This Morning. Oh, yeah. so she's Oprah should just join up with her? Well, that's where it came from. Gotcha. They, they're like, hey, Gail, can you get Oprah? <laughs> she's like, well, she is my life partner. That's right. I'll see. Perhaps. <laughs> Uh, I think that's all I have for uh, for uh, abusive people, which is nice. <laughs> okay, the abusive people portion of the show is now over. But as long as we're talking about talk shows, mm -hmm. Fox is making a play to have a late night talk show. So there's always these new late night talk shows, people trying to enter the late night talk show game. But until you have one on a network, you're not really a player. Right. You're not really playing highball, hardball. Okay. And they got Neil Brennan on the on the branch. Interesting. To host the thing on Fox. Oh, so he's for sure doing it. Yeah, it's his project. Wow. I don't know about that. I don't know either. I don't know enough about him, like, personally. I haven't seen him just be him enough yeah. to know what he'd be like. I hope it's like a... I hope it's a real open door. Like, he's, like, talking about how he actually... He's not just putting on... Stand doing up. a monologue, doing That's a right. desk bit, bringing out the first guest. That's right. Yeah, I don't know if we have any more room for more of that. I think those other ones get grandfathered in because of their legacy and their time slot. Yep. You have a phone call to answer? No, I got a low glucose alert, so I'm actually oh, just yeah. going to keep drinking the cider. Chug along. I've got some. Up. I've got some jubes and uh, some peak freens. Perfect. Yeah. I don't know what peak freens are, but oh, really? Yeah. It's like a great cookie. It's a great shortbread cookie. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You got options. Is what I'm okay. trying to tell you. Great. Um, 
Neil Brennan. All right. Well, Neil I'm Brennan. I'm interested. Late anyway. night talk show. Neil Brennan. <laughs> uh, the Good Place renewed for season three. Excellent. The season two ended kind of abruptly. Oh, is it over already? Yeah, I think so. It only had like eight episodes. That is really short. Yeah. Isn't it a network show? Yeah, it's an NBC show. Unless so they're strange. doing like a second half or something. I mean, sometimes these NBC shows have really short first seasons, especially. Yeah. Like, uh, in fact, especially Mike Schur shows tend to have really short first seasons, but why second seasons? I don't know. It seemed like they were kind of just trying to make some filler for that. Like, I liked what they did with it, but they didn't really come to any. I only saw, I think, four episodes, so I'm way behind. Yeah. Yeah, you're four episodes behind. I guess so. Gotta watch them. They're gonna do a Murder on the Orient Express sequel. Really? Made $150 million in two weeks. It got really bad reviews, didn't it? Did you see it? Not really bad reviews. It got lukewarm reviews, and I saw it, and I had a blast. You liked it? Yeah, I thought it was really fun. Okay. And really stylish. And because Agatha Christie wrote some, like, 50 novels and Mm -hmm. two plays and 100,000 short stories about Hercule Poirot, there's Mm -hmm. no shortage of uh, material to draw from. And so they're going to do one of the other popular ones, which is Death on the Nile, which will be him and presumably a very shiny, impressive cast ensemble of other really famous people mm-hmm. on a riverboat. Now I'm curious to know, <clears throat> so you saw Murder on the Orient Express. You also saw Lady Bird last week. I saw Lady Bird. What did you think of it? I loved Lady Bird. You did? Was, okay, it good. spectacular. I mean, I love a really good coming-of-age story. Sure. Like a we're ending high school, we're becoming adult story. Figuring that is right up my alley. Yep. She was amazing, Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it feels very real. I, I didn't go to a Catholic school. I'm not uh, a 17-year-old girl. I never have been. <laughs> you know, I was a bit of a theater dork. Sure. And that comes up a lot. I definitely have spent my time around pretentious, artsy-fartsy people. Sure. The cool kids. It's got enough relatability. And ultimately, it's about a relationship between a child and their mother. Right on. And it's funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Really? Yes. Awesome. And Greta Gerwig was in some shows... Like here and there, some movies, but is not by no means an A-lister or anything. No, she was in like 20th Century Women and she was in Greenberg. Like she's, I don't think they're married, but like she's involved with Noah Baumbach who made like Greenberg and the Meyerowitz stories, which just came out and um, a couple of those like family centric okay. dramedies. Right. Uh, so she's kind of like kooky. She's in the Arthur remake with Russell Brand. Which wasn't very good. Oh, yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but she's good. I actually kind of like that movie. Arthur? It was okay. Yeah, I thought it was a decent It was definitely right in the heart of when Russell Brand was was really driving lots of home runs. Yes. We rewatched um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall recently. That is a weird film. That is like, it's it, people remember it as a typical romantic comedy with some F words. Yeah. But it is a very odd film at times. It is. You, you don't strange. really know where it's going. I like it, though. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. I've probably seen it six times. Yeah. We just did, decided to throw it on the other night. Did you listen to the uh, Nerdist with Chris Hardwick and uh, Russell Brand? Yeah. Where he talks about the story about St- Chris Hardwick's talking about Steve Martin and the joke, the fastest joke that right. Russell Brand had that yeah. he absolutely loved. And Russell Brand didn't even remember it. He has a lot of humility. Like, I think yeah. I think he gets written off as this, like, blowhard attention whore which he is to a certain degree but i think he's aware of that and it's something he tries to work on totally um i find him fascinating yeah me too yeah i feel like i want to keep developing with like after reading the bookie books i should read his next like political book but i really want to read his new like 12 step book yeah that'd be interesting yeah yeah recovery it's yeah. called because it's a th- podcast yeah i should be listening to that too it's very Big academic fan. it's very like it, he has people on who are very astute it's not entertainment based at all right and he's not that funny on it? Oh, he's no, kinda he's just kind of funny, but he's trying to have a conversation and not be the center of attention. Sure. Good it's, it's not a radio show. It's like, teach me about this. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Nice. Yeah, so I'm pro-Russell Brand, I guess, I think. Oh, this is kind of funny. Um, so there was this situation uh, in Kazakhstan where these six tourists, I don't know where they were from, Germany maybe? Mm-hmm. Six tourists... Uh, went to a beach in Kazakhstan and wore, they all wore the lime green mankini from Borat. Okay. Just to be like exhibitionists and funny. Yeah. But you're not allowed. That's indecent exposure in Kazakhstan. You can't wear those. And so they all got arrested. 
And they all got fined. Apparently, they're lucky they didn't get jail time because it's a pretty serious offense there. Right. They just got big fines. Not even big fines, like $100 fines each or something. And Sasha Baron Cohen has agreed to pay them off. Ha! Ah, it's kind of funny. That's good. He feels partially responsible. Yep. That was very nice. <laughs> Did you mean to, like, don't you mean Vanna? That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay, good. That's what I meant. I was surprised you didn't go go for it. I can't on that do one. it. I yeah, can't, just I can't so many myself. years of is nah, I can't say good. my wife. I can't yeah. say any of that stuff. <laughs> it's it's sealed in time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. God, what a huge movie! I remember reading that uh, Larry David walked out of that movie and said it was like watching the equivalent of uh, Sergeant Pepper's. Hmm? Yeah, like. That like it was so game-changingly good? Yes. Yes. What? Like, people were just walking out saying how it was, like, the greatest movie I ever. mean, it was, like, nothing we'd ever seen before. Yeah. It was a bit of a game-changer at it the time. It was, but he didn't have anything nearly as good to follow. No. I mean, I, I wasn't familiar with the Ali G show, but I guess he was doing good stuff until... Oh, my God. The Ali G show is great. Right. I think he's a genius, but yeah. I think that... As long as he just wants to do these weird little mockumentaries about like really vulgar people. Yeah. I think that has a limit. The Ali G show was like a hardcore version of The Daily Show. Okay. Like three different characters improving. Was Borat one of them? People. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and they were always, he was like <laughs> interviewing like people in the senate and stuff yeah or Same like, like or like Ali muammar and... gaddafi types yeah like like, like scary people right too. yeah it was insane that's very interesting uh the title and release date for fantastic beasts the sequel has mm-hmm. come out are you interested in that are you in? yeah I, I actually really liked the the last movie i thought it was great too mm-hmm. uh it's coming out next year okay it's gonna be called fantastic beasts and the crimes of grindelwald right people but, are mad because johnny depp's in it well people are, are initially just mad because they don't like the title i think the title's fine i think the main criticism is that this doesn't appear to be about fantastic beasts anymore i think that it's a little too early to say that mm. Um, but yeah, people are mad that Johnny Depp is in it because Johnny Depp is, has proven to be a, an asshole and also overrated. He's not as good as we once thought he was. Right. Um, and maybe he's abusive. I don't know. Uh, he might be. So that remains to be seen. I think people are annoyed because Colin Farrell was really good and mm-hmm. he's not going to be in these things anymore. Right. But the poster came out and it looks kind of, we've seen Jude Law as young Dumbledore now and that looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Jude Law. Let's do it. Jude Law got cast in uh, Captain Marvel, which is a Brie Larson movie. And it's not about any, it's not a Marvel. It is Marvel. Oh, yeah. Thing. Oh, yeah. Ugh. How many Marvel things can there be? Well, we'll get to that later. Yeah, that's fair. I guess. Uh, Rashida Jones and her writing partner, Will McCormick, have left Toy Story 4. They were writing it. And they have left. The Hollywood Reporter had reported that it was over unwanted sexual advances from John Lasseter. She insists Whoa. that's absolutely not the case. Right, okay. Uh, that it's uh, just uh, differences in uh, artistic differences, differences in philosophy, she said. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Maybe we- my philosophy is this movie shouldn't exist. Should yeah. Leave, should leave well enough alone. Also weird that that after all of this, Rashida Jones was brought in. I mean, like... No, she's been in a while. But she's she wasn't on three or two or one. No, that's true. That's what uh, I mean. I mean, like, you have a team. But, I mean, it's been nine years since Toy Story 3. They've so, been working on this movie for three years. Yeah, I guess so. It's been a while. But, I mean, so bring Rashida Jones in? What, I don't know. Where, where did she fit in? I don't know. I don't even know of her as a writer, really. I mean, and, she wrote that movie Celeste and Jesse Forever with Andy Samberg, but that right. was a drag. Yeah. And Will McCormick. Who is he? <laughs> He's just her writing partner. You're you're confusing okay. Will from Will and Grace and Eric McCormick, <laughs> Eric McCormick? who yeah. plays him. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, I was like, why is the Will and Grace guy <laughs> and Rashida Jones writing Toy Story four? That'd be great. Yeah. Um, no, actually, like after reading about like creativity, Creativity Inc., the Pixar book. Yeah, and like there's a bunch of stuff about John Lasseter and Ed. Catmull he is leaving. He's leaving. Yeah, he's announced that he's leaving, and it might be over scummy stuff. We don't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What the hell? Okay, well. He's also a funny-looking fellow. I haven't seen a picture it's of him. an odd-looking duck. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes me like him less, for sure. 
<laughs> All I have left is one other superhero thing. This is actually kind of interesting. So we talked before about how Ben Affleck wants out of the Batman. Yes. We've got Justice League in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. It is doing... Uh, it's tanking? It, I mean, it's it's doing okay financially, right. uh, but not as well as it might be if the reviews were good, and the reviews sure. are certainly not good. Okay. Shocker. Um, and because it's been just like one hassle after the next, starting with all the outcry for no reason over Ben Affleck being cast as Batman, mm-hmm. and then suddenly everybody jumping on board when it's announced he might write and direct the Batman standalone movie that he's going to star in, of course, that gets yanked away from him, and they hire this guy, Matt Reeves, to write and direct the movie that Ben Affleck has to star in. He's probably feeling pretty sour about that. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense that he doesn't want anything to do with this series anymore. So Matt Reeves has now openly stated that if he were to replace Ben Affleck, he would want to do it with Jake Gyllenhaal. And that kind of got the whole world thinking. Huh. Hang on. I can kind of picture that. Right. And can you kind of picture that? I can totally picture Jake Gyllenhaal as a slightly younger Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he's got like, it. He's got a. He's got like a a handsomeness, a charm, mm-hmm. but definitely he can play the dark side up pretty well. Yep. He's got to. He's got to do the the superhero movie. That's one he hasn't done. He hasn't done it. He hasn't done a stupid buddy comedy yet. That's another one that he's got to. No, I feel check. like he's got great comedy in him too, but he only yeah. does really hard drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have you seen Patriots Day yet? No, I probably won't. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen like Zodiac and? No, I haven't. But what was I that heard movie he made a couple years ago, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. He's apparently amazing. I haven't seen either of those. Mm. I saw parts of Zodiac. Yeah, I'm interested in the Zodiac. I've never seen the movie though. Mm, I guess it's a long watch. Yeah, it's like a three and a half hour movie or something. Uh, I'm against that. Yeah, I'm principally against three and a half. But hour some movies. people say it's like the greatest movie of all time. Who says that? I don't know. David Fincher, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, okay, that's all I got. Except for that, I, I, I want to say that I'm very interested in seeing Jake Gyllenhaal as Batman, and I think that might be what it takes to revitalize this character because right now that character is dead in the water. Yeah, people are bummed about it. And superheroes in general. Batman's back to where he was post uh, Michael Keaton. Kind of. He's Well, I mean, he's not a joke now. Those movies were so campy intentionally. Right. But he's definitely lost all of his coolness that, that Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan brought in. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like Ben Affleck, Batman territory almost gets intentionally campy. Because Ben Affleck is kind of silly? Maybe. I haven't actually seen him. But I I feel like that's the, the territory that it's. No, he's a into. really good Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like, yeah, when he wears the three piece suit and everything, and his mm-hmm. hair is combed, and like you're like, oh, that's a handsome dude, and he has a billion dollars. They should do a Bruce Wayne movie. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done just a Bruce Wayne just movie. Just a Bruce Wayne movie. Just where about he, like how it's tough to run Wayne Enterprises. He's basically waking <laughs> up after a night of being Batman, and you know that's what he was doing. But then he's like going about his life. I like it. They'd almost have to do it in real time. Like it has to be a two hour movie that takes place over two hours so that he doesn't like it's not unrealistic that he hasn't been distracted by batman stuff right he just actually has to work on like being a, a an entrepreneur or whatever he and is. he's like limping around the office and people are like wayne what yeah. or bruce what happened to you bruce man? why do you have like gashes all over you all the time and he's like lacrosse <laughs> <laughs> uh, my random gorilla street fighting course that yeah. I've been taking. It's just uh, jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. Why do you need to take all those martial arts courses, Bruce? Uh, no reason. I'm just uh, kind of wanted to open up the body, work some things out. You just seem to have this aggression in you, and we're all like a little bit concerned that you might like take it out on somebody. No, don't worry about that. That would definitely never happen. So you have like an outlet. Shut up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, just watching the audio spike on that was really great. Oh, it's not good. It looks bad. <laughs> uh, sorry, listeners. Um, okay, so we want to get into shows? Yeah, it's your turn to go first. Showtime. It's your turn, whether or not you want to pick. Oh, man, that would be kind of a funny drop before this. Just, it's showtime. It's showtime, baby. You keep talking about drops, but you haven't gotten me copy <laughs> I've, yet. I've not done anything on this yet. No. Uh, I've been busy with parades. Uh, okay, so... Who's who's choosing? You're you're choosing. Oh, which, I'm choosing. Which show do you want to choose? Which one do you want to recap? I'm gonna go ahead and recap. You know what? I was thinking I was gonna go with one, but now I'm gonna go with the other. Okay, I'm gonna go then. with Future Man. All right. Okay. Okay. So you didn't have to like. <laughs> I didn't know which one you were gonna go with. 
Ah, uh, you know what? I don't remember his first name. What's his, his name? Is Josh? The actor's name is Josh. Oh, okay. Good. The character's name is Josh. Okay, we're good. Yeah. All right. You're gonna recap the first episode of Future Man, mm-hmm. Hulu's new show. Mm-hmm. In three, two, one. Okay, so Josh is a little bit of a burnout. He still lives at home with his parents. He is obsessed with this video game that is apparently unbeatable. He works as a janitor. He's basically, uh, his even his parents, well, his parents actually like the fact that he lives there, but he's like, you're not supposed to like this. Um, he works as a janitor at this hospital. He beats the game. Get going. He beats the game. Ends up traveling through time uh, with the two people that... Tell him it was a simulation. They go back to 1969 because they need to kill his boss. Yeah, that's pretty good. At the hospital. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I was You were really, getting a little stuck in the family was, politics there. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Thank you for moving me along. Yeah. You never do that. I had to do it. Uh, you're thanks. a flounder. You're getting really frustrated. <laughs> um, I was going into the show thing. I didn't realize it was written by like Ari Shafir. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I kind of thought that it was written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. It's just their production company, and they directed it. They directed it, it yeah. Uh, it's, in fact, the first thing they've ever directed that they didn't write, and it's the first thing they've ever directed that Seth hasn't appeared in. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's it, people who have worked on all of their movies, The Night mm-hmm. Before and yep. 50-50, and those are bizarre examples of their movies. <laughs> Sausage Party and sure. you know the movies that they make. Yep. Um, I thought it was fine. Like, uh, yeah, me too. You told me that that it was getting a bad reception. It was getting bad critical response. Early reviews were bad, but they're actually not so bad now. They're getting better. Yeah, I understand that. Like, it's just one of those kind of off the wall comedies, a little bit um, uh, fraternal. <laughs> like, you know, it's Definitely. got a bit of a, a bit of a broy yeah. comedy vibe. But that's I don't know. It's funny. People like that. Yeah, but it could be endearing to uh, nerds as well, like a gamer community will definitely... Because it's not really making fun of gamers. No. It's kind of illustrating that there's sometimes some sadness in there, and maybe one of the reasons you're drawn to this is because you get to be something you're not in the real world. It's escapism. Yeah. But it's not judgmental of video games. No. Uh, And... I think for that reason, it could be very relatable for a lot of people. Totally. And the main character's like pretty vulnerable still. He's yeah. not like assuming that he can, he, that he has any powers. Josh Hutchison, how much did he remind you of Aaron Paul in this? Uh, he kind of reminded me of like some of the ways he was delivering lines. Oh, really? I don't like, really yeah. have a frame of reference for his acting, Aaron no? Paul. Okay. But I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I thought he was great. I actually thought he was very sweet in it, and yep. I hated him in the, the Hunger Games. Movies. Oh, did you? Yeah, he was a bit of a bit of a dweeb. He's such like, a dweeb. He's weighing everyone down. His whole thing was just, and they made fun of it in Saturday Night Live, and it was really funny how his whole thing was just to like blend in with whatever the background was. <laughs> that was his power. Yeah, great job. No, I know. Yeah, he's uh, he was pretty funny in this. I thought. Was, what did you think when just Haley Joel Osment showed up for a sec? He's been in a bunch of comedy stuff. Yeah, like he was in um, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yep. And uh, before that, I mean, his first thing was like the Entourage movie, where right. he was kind of playing. A, but yeah, I think he's really just embracing the. He's been on Comedy Bang Bang a couple times. Yeah, it's great, and obviously they're going to develop him some more because why would they have him in there otherwise? Yeah. But he just plays this guy who's like mean to Josh. Yep. Uh, except for that, the the head doctor at the lab where they both work is nice to Josh and has no time for Haley Joel Osment. Right. And he has cold sores and he's working on a cure for herpes. Right. And what we realize is that in his uh, research, he ends up creating uh, a big cure for all diseases and that mm-hmm. leads to the end of the universe. Oh God, a crucial plot point that I missed in my yeah. re- recap. Thank you it for is. that. And so he's uh, been pegged as the only guy who's who's deemed worthy of actually saving the universe. And so he and his two video game characters who are actually real people take him back to 1969. Now, how much did the... Um back to the future nerd in you kind of freak out about the amount of people that they were killing and the things that they were disturbing in, in the timeline. <laughs> you mean the butterfly effect? Was yeah. Yeah. The basically effect. like, like the two cops that are like, Oh man, we're super excited for our first day. It's time. We're finally going to get one of those bad guys. Yeah. They, they just kind of toss a grenade at him. I didn't really think about it. No, I, I wasn't really too concerned about it. Wow. And maybe because uh, Back to the Future plays fast and loose with those rules too. Like yeah. where it suits them for a good story, yeah. he always screws things up. But in other cases, he doesn't. Right. Like you might argue that by Marty 
ordering a Pepsi in the diner that day, somebody else didn't get a Pepsi and, you know, the universe unraveled. That's really what the butterfly effect is. That's right. Um, but no, it's really just about incest in Back to the Future. There's a lot of parallels just storytelling wise about this kind of like going nowhere teenage guy who happens to be the only person who can go back and save the right. world from this really catastrophic event. Yep, and I I like that the uh, the writers actually kind of acknowledged that when when the two video game characters were saying what are they tiger and something yeah I don't know they 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 explain what they need to do and they're like he he says something like okay no this is the plot of whatever this movie is and then they're like we only have one more leap left and he goes okay so it's a mix between that movie and Quantum Leap now <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciated that. I like a good time travel story. Yeah, I'm I, always ready to bend relief. I kind of thought they were going to go to the future. Mm. He's Future Man, though. He's from the future. What did you? That was Eliza Glazer, right? Eliza Coop. Eliza Coop. Eliza C- Coop. Eliza. Is her name Eliza? Who's Eliza Glazer? I thought she was the uh, comedian who who uh, played Tiger. Okay, no, that's um. Where's my phone? That's Jane from Happy Endings. Okay. Her name is, uh, I think it's something Coop. Yeah, Eliza Coop. Eliza I don't know who Coop. you're thinking of. Oh, okay. Thinking of someone else. But yeah. she um, was funny. Yep. Was good. She's I wonder. Like a badass. Yeah. Kind of wonder where it's going to go. Yeah, me too, a little bit. And I'm not super interested, to mm-hmm. be honest. I like the parents more than... Yeah. Ed <laughs> Begley Jr. was really funny. The parents were really funny. The mom died. She died in June. IRL? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. What are they going to do? They wrote her out of the series. Uh, that's too bad. Yeah. Oh, is that why the first episode was in memory of... Yeah. Like Glenda something? Maybe. I didn't see that, but, oh, okay. but that would probably be why. Oh, that's a damn shame. Yeah, it's too bad because they were funny. Yeah. Is it is in the first sequence he's like having a dream where he's like future man and he yeah. actually has a value in the universe. Uh, the fact that he wants to go by future man, that's supposed to be the lamest superhero name ever, right? Like we're supposed to think that. Except well, there's lots of like genuine superhero names that are super lame. I saw in the synopsis though his name's Josh Futterman. Yeah, his character's it's name so is so close Futterman, to being future man, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. uh... I uh, I wonder what the second episode will be like. Are you gonna watch it? Mm, don't know. I'm not. No, so you like would not recommend it to anyone. Um, no, I wouldn't not recommend it, but I'm not giving it my my prized S. Oh, okay. I felt I felt nothing for I th- it. I thought the S is your recommendation. I I guess I just kind it's of hide it a little bit holder. Okay, uh, a little higher. Okay. Um. No, I yeah, it was okay. I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't even dislike it. I didn't really feel anything for it. Okay, you were agnostic. I was agnostic <laughs> about it. Yeah. Okay. I was super neutral. I was super Switzerland over Future Swiss. Man. Okay. I'll allow it. I'll give my S. Okay. With the hope that you know, maybe I'll watch more episodes. There's too many. I give it my the benefit of, my, of the doubt. Okay. I don't have that much doubt about it. I just think it can be really funny. Well, again, I don't think it's bad. Yeah. I, I think it probably has potential, mm-hmm. but I didn't really experience uh, elation from mm-hmm. this first viewing experience. The herpes stuff, not going to lie, kind of like took me out of it for a little bit. It grossed you out? It or grossed, was... grossed me really? out. I was eating a really good brownie, <laughs> and that like kind of, I was like, yeah. It ruined a brownie for you? A cold sore? Just, yeah. Just, well, just the, like t- the talking about herpes and the... The cold sore and the way it looked. Uh, the way it looked was troubling. It was it was a little gross. Yeah. So yeah. What's the name of that actor? The character actor. He's I don't know. He's he's been in a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff. He's never hungry for work. No. Um. So, anyways, I guess we'll move on to the next show. Another incredibly violent show. Another yeah. Netflix original and another comic book thing. Mm-hmm. God, we have a comic book thing every other week. I know. Uh, I guess we won't discuss what we thought of it yet. Just because yet. I need to put you on the timer. I'm going to recap the first episode of The Punisher, the new show on Netflix. I'll go and go. All right. Three, two, one, go.
Frank Castle was in the Marine Corps. When he comes back, he witnesses the murder of his wife and two kids because they had witnessed some mob shit. He fakes his death, goes into hiding, and assumes a new identity as a construction worker where all the other construction workers pick on him because he never talks. They also are criminals. And uh, he overhears that they've got some uh, money shit going on. And when they go to steal some money from these mob people, they screw it up. Their uh, folly uh, screws it up, and they have to kill him, so Frank saves the guy. Yeah. Yeah. What did I miss? Uh, okay, so the... The fact that he killed everyone involved with the with his family's murders. Did you mention that? Yeah, so the idea is that since his family has been... Uh, unjustly murdered he has now taken it on himself to avenge his family by murdering people right criminals yeah lawbreakers uh and so as a result he doesn't want to get close to anybody so like at the beginning uh this guy donnie tries to befriend him this guy at at the construction site he's like the only other nice guy at the construction site tries to befriend frank and frank's like look i don't want to be your buddy but it's also after he has been the Punisher and killed this like entire yep. drug cartel that yep. he goes to work in construction. That's what he's going by uh, Pete now. Right. So he's not killing people that are affiliated with his family's murder. He's just killing this Mexican drug cartel. Well, yeah, he kills them because they were going to kill Donnie. No, no, the Mexican drug cartel is like oh. the people in the very beginning of the show yeah. that he's killing. The, the, right. the people that he's... When the the people he kills because they killed Donnie are the people that worked at the construction site right. with him that were trying to rob a mob. Yeah. Poker game. <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, I don't know about all those people he killed before the theme song kicked in. There was yeah. a few of them. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Crazy action sequence. It was really, really, really active. Yeah. I guess I. I'm gonna I'm gonna be all over the place in this in this uh, breakdown. I I found the fact that his like high school bullies on the playground the guys who pick on him at the construction site are also an organized crime like gang like there's three guys that like are getting in on some shady deal like i found it pretty convenient that he gets to kill them later yeah that they're his bullies sure yeah it was kind of funny that they were his bullies because they never had to be at all like he could have stopped that way sooner you're right but i mean for the the sake of the story that's where it had to i just mean like he gets he these people give him a hard time because he's like quiet and doesn't associate with them so they're like mean to him the way uh, teenagers are mean to each other when when somebody's weird and that wouldn't be gratifying, except later he gets to kill them because guess what? They're also killers. Right. And well, he, they're not really involved in like the, the mob shit that the, the shit that they're doing isn't that steep. No, it's not. You know, they're, they're trying to they're rob poker games. They're trying like one dude's getting way over and in, in over his head for, from like drugs alone, alone and shark. gambling, yeah. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, so they're trying to pull off another job. They're really trying to rob Peter to pay Paul. Right, and so they enlist Donnie to help them out because they know Donnie will do anything for pals. Right, and because their other guy just fell off a ladder and right, broke his right, wrist right, right. or something. And so Donnie accidentally drops his wallet at the robbery. The, that I found a little weird. It was preposterous. Why did you have your wallet at the... And why did it open and how did everyone see his name right away? Everyone standing... At, yeah, you're right. That was a weak point. And so like, they decide they have to kill Donnie because otherwise... From like eight feet away, standing yeah. up with a gun to your head, you're looking well, you at... You really like, screwed this up, Donald. Yeah. Yeah, so they decide they have to kill Donnie and they do it at the construction site where for some reason Frank is just hanging out because uh, he likes to break down that wall. He likes to break down the wall. I think it's a Trump metaphor. Yes, it is. It's an anti-Trump <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> And, uh, uh, and so he rescues Donnie from getting buried in cement by uh, by murdering all these other three guys uh, who still have a lot of fight left in them even after he hits them in the face with sledgehammers, with sledgehammers. a bunch. Yeah. Like he like he like curb stomps people and then yeah. they're like, I'm going to get you after I, that. I even thought that murdering all of them might have been a little bit harsh. Yeah, definitely. For what they were doing. Like, like Spider-Man would have tied them up. Yeah. Called yeah, the police. Exactly. Well, this is the thing, and I, 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 I saved this interesting quote from Joss Whedon, and this is just in, in reference to the character of the Punisher in okay. general, not so much the John Bernthal Netflix mm-hmm. adaptation, but this is what Joss Whedon said about uh, the Punisher as a character. 
Okay. One of the things I like about X-Men is that they're not killing people. I miss the idea of heroes who stop that kind of thing from happening. Here's why I'm not running Marvel. If I was, I would kill the Punisher. I don't believe in what he does. The Punisher just shoots up places. And if you're telling me he's never hit an innocent, then I'm telling you that's fascist crap. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you're you're not going to make an episode about him. Well, maybe you do make an episode about him accidentally killing people. Right. I mean, he's obviously got his flaws and they expose that. Like, he, you know, he's done things that he regrets. But that was all kind of in the war. Right, but there's no discussion about innocent bystanders in these high action sequences. They talk about it in the... Uh, oh, I was listening to the Rewatchables the other day because they covered The Dark Knight. Okay. And they talked about like all the innocent bystanders Batman has definitely killed. <laughs> sure. But then when he actually catches the Joker, he shows the Joker mercy because he's not a killer. Right. And well, they so preposterous. Yeah. They do the same thing in uh, the Fast and Furious movies. Like there's yeah. in Brazil, there are like hundreds and hundreds of families that have lost a family member right. from. The or bizarre... even, in, even in the sunniest of action movies, like Captain America, like a building comes down because of the fight he's yeah. having with the Winter Soldier. Right. Like there were people in that building. Yep. So it's so silly. I know. Although I think they, they go in a little bit more about, you know, all the kind of PTSD feelings that um, the Punisher has, not only about his family, but about what he did like in the war. I think they have a responsibility to do that. Yeah. The same way I think it was wise of them within the first half hour of the series to be like, hey... Gun control is an issue. Right. In that support group scene. They're yeah. talking about like guns and yep. being American and oh, stuff. Oh, it's funny. They actually like go, because I'm, I'm like three episodes deep on this show now. And oh, they you are. actually, yeah, they actually like sh- show different examples of why there kind of should be gun control and like yeah. why, the, you know, there's these veterans PTSD that have guns or like one goes out to try to get a gun. You just have to be very careful not to glorify this kind of violence. And you have to cover your bases so that somebody doesn't turn around and say you're glorifying violence right? when you were not. Mm -hmm. I I find that, although I I thought the first episode was kind of the most action-packed and like enjoyable, uh, I I like it more than any other Marvel show, I think. That's interesting. Yeah. I thought thought the story was the most coherent. Mm -hmm. Like when we watched... Was it the, the Defenders a little while back? Like yeah. I didn't even know what the hell was happening. Well, and it, it does kind of go into that territory in episode two. Like the girl from, like the girl journalist slash love interest from The Flash is in it. Oh, okay. And they have a history, and I think we're supposed to know it. They, they, it's not The Flash, though, because The Flash is a DC character. Sorry, not The Flash. Um, Daredevil. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're supposed to have a history, but we just don't know what it is if you haven't watched all the other DC shows. Yeah. And there's some crossover with other characters, but they do a pretty good job of like shining enough of a light on what what they do. Okay. So you're a little in the dark, but I think I'm going to be able to get through it. I just don't think I can, I'm going to be able to stomach that much violence moving forward. Like all the cringing, like, did I have to turn my head away? Cause I turned my head away a little bit, especially in that final battle scene with the sledgehammer. Yeah, it was a little gory, but, but nothing, nothing. We've, you've seen crazier stuff for sure. Yeah, I know. I'm sure I have. And it's all really fast too. Yeah, and that that's usually makes thing. it okay. He was first introduced in 1974 in the amazing Spider-Man 129. Okay. Uh, as this character, they were going to, right off really quickly he was going to show up again i think because of stanley's uh ideals about violence and murder Mm -hmm. he wasn't supposed to be a long-lasting character but the the people liked him so much that he became the 19th most popular superhero of all time or something right and i'm a big john bernthal fan are you from what uh i think just from well first from the walking dead sure and then from like Wolf of Wall Street and yeah. stuff, I kind of like the way he's flexed his his acting mus- muscles a little bit. He's been and on then, the shows a little bit lately. Yeah, Sid Stern. He's had an interesting life. He was on Nerdist actually too. Oh really? Yeah, he's like been held at gunpoint and stuff. He's had an interesting life. No way. Yeah. For like he just grew up in bad neighborhoods. Yeah, he talks just... a lot about how he's he's gotten himself into lots of trouble in his life. Oh wow. Yeah. Huh. But he seems like a good guy. Yeah. Although some people aren't so crazy about him uh, jumping on the. I hated working with Kevin Spacey bandwagon. Right. People are kind of seeing that as a little opportunistic. After the fact. Yeah, like he went on, uh, I think it was the Jim Norton show and mm-hmm. talked about how when he made 
baby driver he had been so excited to meet kevin spacey but then he hated kevin spacey right away right like on the one hand i get it like you're just talking about the thing that people are talking about and you do have a recent experience yeah but it seemed a little opportunistic to be like guess what i have a first-hand account and i'm glad to tell it to you yeah yeah i I always find it hard to discern whether i should like someone more for being more open about that or whether i should like dislike them for and he's not a he, well, he's not a victim of kevin spacey like he found kevin spacey cocky and right. and creepy yeah but like it's not like kevin spacey assaulted or harassed him no so yeah yeah i should listen to those podcasts because i have no idea what he's like as a as a person but he seems like the type that like i asked i said to jen like he was definitely a front runner for rick and then didn't get rick I think that's talked about on yeah? Stern or on okay. the Nerdist. Yeah, because he's a very like brooding kind of bat. But and Jen says, yeah, but he doesn't kind of have the, you know, nice family side that Rick has. And I was like, yeah, well, maybe that's why he was shamed. Yeah, he's capable of that though. I yeah, mean, he's he's a family man in the Punisher. That's the catalyst for his whole character's motivation. Well, yeah, but there's no point where he's kind of like, yeah, I guess so. You're you're right. He's he's a bit of a of a. J is a family man who lost his whole family. So he, he spends the entire show basically acting as a yeah, he's, kind of brooding badass. He's also prettier than Rick in The Walking Dead, and you'd think that they would want to be they would want to gravitate to that. Yeah. He looks a little more badass though. Yeah, I mean, he is badass. Yeah. He's a he's a tough guy, you can tell. Yeah. Do you think in real life too? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Not not like a mean guy, but just like he can crush step you down. to him in the bar. No, I don't think so. And he's huge. Like now, you, too. you step to other people in bars. I do step to some people. <laughs> I step to uh, like Daredevil, for example, mm. or Luke Cage. Luke Cage was a pinch. Yeah, but uh, not Punisher. That's but where I draw Punisher. the line. Yeah, he's got a skull on his shirt. Although, when does the skull on the shirt happen? Uh, or does, does he, it? Doesn't maybe... he have a skull on the shirt like in the first episode? I don't think so. I liked that opening sequence where they made the skull logo out of guns. I don't even like guns, but that was cool. Yeah. And didn't you also like that he's like a highly trained sniper? So he killed someone in Mexico while still being, they're like, he can't kill us. We're in Mexico now. And then you, the kind of like pan out shows that he's like three miles away. Again, I don't like guns, but that was a really cool shot. Mm. It was badass. I like how you hear the gun like three seconds before the guy dies. Yeah. It was very American sniper. It was cool. Um, so do you give it your S? I guess I give it my S if you're really cool with all the violence. The, there's there's a very clear story in the first mm-hmm. episode, and there's a lot of intrigue, yep. and that's why I was compelled. I'm definitely not going to continue with it because it's not my cup of tea. And if it doesn't move along very quickly, mm-hmm. the setup is in vain, and I I take my S back. It's a kind of a trepidatious S. But sure. I thought it was a good pilot. Yeah. And again, I'm not sure how lost I'm going to get with how deep into the Marvel universe we're supposed to, to go on it. Cause I if know. it ends up being like, well, you need to watch iron fist in order to understand that reference. Not happening. Then I'm this out. This is the problem I have with the MCU. And frankly, it was the only complaint I had about, uh, Spider-Man homecoming. You're trying too hard to make these all you cohesive. I believe you. They exist in the same world. You don't have to remind me every 12 minutes. Yeah, can we be a little bit more subtle about it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, and you it. do give it your S. I do. Cool. Do you want to pick a trivia question? Sure. Okay, so you have to tweet the answer to at Show Show Podcast, and you have a few days to do it. We tape on Wednesday nights, so get it back to us as quickly as possible. I'm going to pick the question this week, if that's okay with you. You do it. All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. That's two Ed Sullivan questions in a row. Three Ed Sullivan questions in a row. Oh, you didn't shuffle. No, I didn't. I we realized shuffle. last week that all of the questions are... Packed together. All right, this is a good one. Okay. Who was the first host of NBC's The Tonight Show? Who was the first person ever to host The Tonight Show on NBC? If you know the answer, tweet us at Show Show Podcast, and uh, we're going to dedicate next week's show to you. That is until we get some more official prizing. Mm-hmm. Do you know the answer? Uh, no. No, not off the top of my head. I knew the answer. I could wager a couple guesses. Yeah. All right, we'll save it for next week. Are you smarter than a fifth grader, a.k.a. me? Find out. <laughs> Are you a fifth grader? You yes. dropped out after grade five? Yeah, I didn't like the whole, uh, like, Bruce Chandler. I don't know how to write in cursive. Right, I understand. 
did, cool. did you like uh, Weekend Update? Uh, did you like the show? Over Yeah, I thought the show was great. SNL. You know, Chance wrote a lot of that with Donald Glover. Like, he wrote the hockey sketch with Donald Glover. I didn't see that yet. And he wrote the Bruce Wayne sketch with Donald Glover. The Bruce Wayne sketch was really funny. It was really funny. He wrote it with Donald Glover and then just took it to Saturday Night yes. Live? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Because I guess he's a fan of the show and he knew that it it is good to ingratiate yourself with the cast to show up with material, not just oh, be no like, way. make a show for me. Sure. So he went like the extra mile. Oh, that's amazing. And he got his buddy who also writes comedy yep. to help him. Great. Yeah. And wrote, well, didn't, but wrote on 30 Rock, at least he might have done a thing or two on SNL. I mean, I don't know. He was never on SNL. No. But uh, he has an Emmy for writing comedy on, on 30 Rock. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know how much the writer's room changed those sketches, but he showed up with material. Yeah. And that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought it was a great show. I don't remember a whole lot of specifics about Update. Uh, they had the Bruce Chandler thing. They had Pete Davidson had a oh, really that was funny great. thing about Stan- Staten Island, which was yeah. awesome. Uh, they touched on like Al Franken and uh, his weird stuff. I don't, I don't get that Bruce Chandler character. I, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm coming around a on... lot. I don't think anyone does, and I think that's why I like it. It's because it's clearly something that's like flopping really bad. No, I, I, well, maybe, but I think it's, I think it's failing to do what it thinks it's doing. Like, yeah, I know. The, like you, I know the, the joke, the joke is this guy is so bad that it's funny. Yeah, and it's not selling. I'm coming around on Kyle Mooney slowly. Yeah, but I don't get that character at all. What did you think about, did you know that Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett were like big time friends all along? I guess I've known that. Like they were like in college together and well, stuff. Well, and all and the shorts that, that of Kyle them. clearly makes have yeah. Beck in them. Man, that fake, uh, the fake like 90s TV show skit. That was did hilarious. Did we talk about this? That was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago with Larry That was David. hilarious. I think that was like the, the thing I liked most on Saturday Night Live in the last year or so. Yeah, that was very good. So funny. Okay, so uh, Will Smith news. Uh-huh. He is uh, double booked right now. So he's got this movie coming out on Netflix. I think it's called Bright. And he's contractually obligated to do a bunch of press for the movie Bright. Okay. But the production schedule of his other new movie has already begun, and he has to go shoot that movie. So I shit you not, this is real. They have put out a casting call for other people in Australia named Will Smith to do his press for him. Because he's obligated to do press? Actually, yes. Oh my God. Which I mean, like, I don't know how serious this is, but it's- Obviously not that serious, no. because it's not like you can always just find someone with your name. It's not like a plane and, ticket. And then you've, that's a loophole. You can get somebody with your name. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's such dog shit. But that's the thing that's happening. God, that's why you don't trust him. I don't trust Will Smith. Neither should employers. <laughs> He's going to send in a decoy. Never trust Will Smith.